So it's the Holy Spirit Fire Conference. Amen. So wonderful to see so many of you come out this evening. And so grateful, thankful to you for coming out. You know, when, when the people are, are hungry for God, when they're thirsty for God, it causes an, uh, just a response to come from heaven. So I have no doubt that because of your desire, because of your passion for God, that He will move very powerfully this weekend. I fully expect that. This weekend, I'm going to be speaking to you primarily about the Holy Spirit. Um, the Holy Spirit is one of my favorite subjects because if you want to know Jesus, you must know the Holy Spirit. If you don't know the Holy Spirit, you will never fully understand Jesus. In fact, there's so much of Jesus that you just won't comprehend at all because the one who reveals Jesus to us is the Holy Spirit. He's the one who opens our eyes. He's the one who shows us things to come. He is our comforter. He is our teacher. But there's a lot of things about the Holy Spirit that many of us don't understand. And what's amazing about Scripture is that both in the Old Testament and the New Testament, it really is just one flow. Even though there are two different covenants, you must understand that there's no contradiction in Scripture. What God did in the Old Testament, He's still doing now in the New Testament. And the way the Holy Spirit worked and the things He did, He did in maybe different ways, but we see it flow right through in the, Holy, in, in the New Testament as well. So I want to share tonight with you, and then over this weekend, we'll be sharing, I'll be sharing with you different symbols of the Holy Spirit. So how many of you know that if you belong to a football club or a, some kind of a sorority, which you shouldn't really do, but anyway, we won't get into that this evening, okay? <laughs> I can hear some of you. That's okay. Just calm down, okay? Don't worry. You're not going to hell, okay? Well, okay, no, okay. No, not really, okay? So, <laughs> so you'll know that you have an emblem, a symbol that represents who you are. Like some of you that really love football, you know, you, you support the Patriots or you support some kind of an organization. We also know that the, the occult also uses specific symbols to represent certain things that they do. They have signs, they have symbols that represent things that they want to do. I'm not going to get into that, that. We don't want to talk about that. But the Holy Spirit has symbols as well, things that represent who He is. And these symbols tell us about His function. His function is revealed through these different symbols. And tonight we're going to be talking about oil. We're going to be talking about oil. So we'll start this evening talking about the Holy Spirit and oil. In Scripture we see oil. Specifically we'll start in the Old Testament as something that was used to anoint God's people. The oil was used. The oil was used to anoint God's servants. God would anoint kings and priests and prophets with the anointing oil. And that oil was put on them, poured on them or rubbed on them to basically appoint them for God's purposes, for what He wanted to use them for. And we see this in Scripture many times. 1 Samuel 16 verse number 1 says this, Now the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. I am sending you to Jesse. 
the Bethlehemite, for I have provided myself a king among his sons. So we can see that he has taken a horn full of oil and he's on his way to anoint a son of Jesse to fulfill a purpose and a plan that God has for his life. 1 Samuel 16, 13 says this, Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him, this is David, in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel arose and went to Ramah. It was like when the oil was poured on David's head, it was God's appointing him and anointing him with the Holy Spirit. So we see right in, right in, back in the Old Testament how God would use this anointing oil to represent His Spirit and to represent His approval and anointing for King David. How many of you know that David didn't go, wake up the next morning, walk into the palace and say, Hey Saul, guess what? In fact, most scholars believe that he didn't even know why he was anointed. So, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot more to it than that. There's a purpose. There's, there's a process before you actually step into that. So God will anoint you. We'll talk more about that. Let's go to 1 Kings 19.15. 1 Kings 19.15. Here we see a, a, a picture of anointing with several different characters. Then the Lord said to him, Go return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive, anoint Hazael, the king over Syria. So he's going to anoint a king. Also, you should anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshi, as king over Israel. So he's going to anoint two kings. And Elisha, the son of Seraphat, of Abel, Mahola, you shall anoint as prophet in your place. So God tells the prophet Elijah that I want you to go and I want you to anoint. Do you see? Oil, anointing. Oil represents the anointing of God. Oil represents the Spirit of God. So in the Old Testament, we can clearly see that God wants to approve or put His approval, wants to put His Spirit, wants to anoint kings, priests, and prophets. And here we see clearly that God is anointing Jehu, Hazael, and then also Elisha. I don't think Elijah was too excited about that, but we'll get into that some other time. Exodus 28 verse 41, so you shall put them on Aaron, your brother, and on his sons with him, you shall anoint them and sanctify them, that they may minister to me as priests. And we know the Bible speaks about the, the oil flowing down the beard of Aaron. He was anointed with oil. He was told to step into a position of priesthood priesthood to God. He was going to be the high priest over the tabernacle. And God's way of appointing him was with oil, which represents the Spirit. With David, you can see clearly, when he was anointed, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him from that day forward. So in the Old Testament, when God wanted to use someone for a specific purpose, and it's important that you fully grasp this, anointing is for purpose. God anoints an individual to be used for His purpose. And in Scripture, in the Old Testament, clearly we can see that when God had, had someone anointed with oil, there was a plan. There was a purpose for that individual's life. It's interesting that in Scripture, straight over through to the New Testament, it works exactly the same. Let's take a look at this. 
let's take a look at this. In the New Testament, in order to be used by God, anointing was also required. So, Luke 4, verse 16. Let's go there. Now we're going to talk about Jesus. Are you all awake on Saturday night? Amen. All right. Don't worry. We're going to get somewhere in just a little while, and then you can shout. But right now, just hang in there with me. Luke 4, 16. So he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. This is Jesus. He walks into the synagogue on the Sabbath, and he's about to read out of the book of Isaiah. It's about to get really, really exciting in, in Israel. Are you with me? They're not going to be very happy, but that's okay. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. Watch this now. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Why? Is the Spirit of the Lord upon, upon him? Let's take a look. He had, he, because he has anointed me. So the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jesus because he had anointed him. Now he's reading this. He hasn't told him this yet. But we all know this. We have the inside scoop, right? So he says, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. There's purpose. The anointing is to preach the gospel, is to take the message of the good news to the poor. The poor doesn't only mean those that are poor financially. If you are not saved, you are poor. You are dying. You are on your way to the end of life, and you will not enjoy where you are going. You are poor. I remember once we were ministering uh, downtown Vero Beach. Actually, it was, at the, it was at Publix. It was at Publix. Our young people were ministering. And... Um, they were busy praying for people and it was going really great. And then I don't remember who it was. They went up to a lady and said, ma'am, can we pray for you? Do you need anything? She said, listen, I don't need anything. I've got lots of money. Meanwhile, actually, she was very poor. Are you with me? So Jesus came to preach good news, the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. We can preach about this all day, that Jesus came that anointing that was placed on his life was to come and to heal the brokenhearted. If you just stop for a minute and think the people that Jesus encountered, the woman at the well, the woman with the issue of blood, blind Bartimaeus, all these people that had sicknesses but were also suffering in their hearts. Someone like Mary who had demons cast out of her. Someone that was afflicted, had a broken heart and was suffering. Jesus came to heal her broken heart. So Jesus was anointed. He was anointed to do all of these things. The Spirit of the Lord was upon him. Why? To anoint him to do all of these things. He says to proclaim liberty to the captives. That's to bring freedom. That's to bring liberty, freedom to those who are oppressed and recover, recovery of sight to the blind and to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Listen, God does heal the blind eye. But he also heals the spiritually blind. Even in that day, there were religious people that did not have eyes to see. But as they were walking with him, he began to open their eyes. He began to show them truth. Are you with me? One of the primary functions of the Holy Spirit is he reveals truth to you. 
What you could not see before, now you are able to see. What the world does not receive, you are given freely. Oh, I just love the Holy Spirit. To set at liberty those who are oppressed in this world, you will have trouble. As a non-believer, you are oppressed. As a believer, you sometimes are oppressed too. So that anointing that was upon Jesus was to, was to bring this to every person. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. I'm not going to read on, but basically when he told them that this scripture is fulfilled, they all freaked out. So the question is, when, when did it begin? How did it start? You see, Jesus was already anointed. At this point, when he opened the book, he had already been anointed. Before we look at that, I want you to see something. The Greek word for anoint is the word chrio. And chrio means to paint, to smear, to rub, to assign or to appoint. Essentially what anoint means or to anoint means to smear something on somebody. So if you had a cut, in the olden days, they would say that we're going to anoint that cut with some kind of cream to make it better. We're going to rub it in to make it better. So if you have like, like um, uh, uh, some kind of antibiotic cream and you, you don't really see the effects of it, but you rub it in and the next morning somehow you just feel better. See, what the, what the Holy Spirit does is when He anoints you, He rubs against you. He rubs against you and He rubs off on you. Are you with me? So he comes and rubs and smears what he has on you. That's what he does when he anoints you. But Jesus had already been anointed. He tells them this because he's revealing to them who he is. And they all freak out. But there was a moment in Jesus' life where the anointing, came upon him. Before this moment, Jesus did no miracles. Jesus was used just as a normal person. He didn't do anything anything supernatural. Nothing in Scripture tells us about anything that he did up until this point. But in Matthew 3 verse 13, this is what it says. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. And are you coming to me? But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so now. For thus is it, it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. And then he allowed him. And when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water. And behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. See, the Holy Spirit came upon him and anointed him. You must understand that in the, in the Old Testament, it wasn't the same as it was here. That oil had to be what was put on you to anoint you to do the function. In the New Testament, would be, it would be a different expression where it would simply be the Spirit of God that would come upon you like the oil did in the Old Testament. So the Spirit came upon Jesus, the Bible says. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. At that moment, Jesus' ministry began. 
At that moment, he was anointed. He was anointed to go out and do what I just read to you out of the book of Luke, which was from the book of Isaiah, where the Bible tells us that Jesus was anointed. He was anointed to set the captive free. He was anointed to preach the gospel to the poor. He was anointed to give us freedom. He was anointed to open the eyes of the blind. He was anointed. And this is when it began. Then Jesus goes into the wilderness and spends 40 days. And while he's spending that time, those 40 days, not eating or drinking, he's busy fasting and praying. And suddenly Satan appears to him and begins to try to tempt him. But we know that Jesus fights with the word. What's interesting is Satan fights back with the word. Be careful when people want to fight with the word. They might just be the devil. What kind of expression is it? What kind of spirit is it? But Jesus was the word. <laughs> Woo, Jesus was the word, I'll tell you what. That devil had no chance, guys. Are you with me? Then the Bible says this. We'll read it out of Acts 10. How God anointed, Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. Why? For God was with him. The Holy Spirit had anointed Jesus. His ministry began after that anointing had taken place. Only after that did he begin to move in the things of the Spirit. Only after that did He begin to move in the things of God. If you want to do anything for the Lord that is effective, you must be anointed with the oil of the Holy Spirit. You must be saturated with the oil of the Spirit, which is the anointing, which is the Spirit Himself. We all know that when Jesus died, he told his disciples, he said, I will send the helper. I'll send the Holy Spirit. And we all know, I'm not going to teach it to you this, this, more, this evening. When you come to the Feast of Pentecost, we'll talk about it. But on the day of Pentecost, the Bible says that the disciples were all in one accord, in one place. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon them. And tongues of fire, divided tongues of fire, sat upon each of them. And that was the moment that they were anointed. The Holy Spirit came upon them, anointed them. Peter gets up and preaches like he never has before. He has a boldness. Words come out of his mouth that everyone was shocked by. Even the Pharisees, when they arrested Peter and John at a later stage, they said, how are these men who are uneducated able to say these things? The reason why is because they were anointed. That same anointing that came on Jesus was now poured out, that same Holy Spirit was now poured out on these disciples. And they were able to go out and do these things that were unbelievable. Greater works will you do, he said to them. Greater works, more works, better works, who knows, but all of that maybe. The fact is, is that when you see the work of the Holy Spirit on the lives of His disciples in only one book in Scripture, 
It's staggering. It's incredible. And how much He's done in such a short time. Because the same Spirit that was on Jesus that anointed Him was now given to His disciples. And they were able to go out and do marvelous things. You see, once He came upon them, there was a rubbing. There was a smearing that had taken place. They were now anointed with the oil, with the Holy Spirit. They were anointed. They were saturated. In the Old Testament, the Bible teaches us that there was a menorah in the tabernacle. The menorah had seven flames. Those flames had to be kept alight all the time so that you could see what you were doing when you were in there working. Those flames represent the seven spirits of God. That is the expression of what the Holy Spirit will begin to do in you. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you. The Spirit of wisdom, the Spirit of might, the Spirit of understanding, the fear of the Lord, the Spirit of counsel. You must understand He will come and He will fill you up. And you'll say things you never thought. Is it seven different spirits of God? No, it's one spirit, seven different expressions. But when He came on Jesus, it said that God anointed Him with the Holy Spirit and power. So not only will He open your eyes when He anoints you, but He will also give you power. For what? So that you can look like the guru? No. So that you can go about doing good. Setting those who are captive free. Preaching the gospel to those who are broken and hurting. The mandate is exactly the same. It never changed. Oh, but our theologians have decided that no. Let's change it. Never. When Jesus gave his final command, he said, go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Go and preach it. He said to his disciples, he said, and these signs will follow those who believe. Everyone say believe. believe. Are you a believer? There's supposed to be signs that follow you. And I want you to know there's nothing wicked and perverse about you. If those signs follow you, in fact, if they don't, you should start asking questions. And the question you should ask is this, are you anointed? Because you should be. You see, every believer is supposed to have purpose. And part of that purpose is not only for you, but for your family, for your loved ones, for your friends. And then whatever else, he may take you to the end of the earth to preach his word. Maybe it'll just be in the hospital where you work. Maybe it will be at the workplace, but you don't know whose life you might impact. But don't do it without the anointing. Jesus didn't. Did you hear what I said? The Son of God did not do anything until the anointing until the Spirit of God came upon him. When Jesus was with his disciples, after they had already received the Holy Spirit, the Bible says he breathed on them, gave them the Holy Spirit. They had the Holy Spirit. He said to his disciples, when you go to Jerusalem, wait, don't go out. Wait. I'm sure Peter was like, Lord, you've risen. We need to tell the whole world. And Jesus said, no, you have to wait. Why? Because you have to first be anointed. The Spirit must come upon you first. The oil must saturate you. That oil must be poured over you. 
you with me, guys? The Bible tells us that the disciples, when they were anointed, after they'd been anointed, they began to do incredible things, even personalities that came later, the worst kind, like Paul the Apostle. Yes, the worst kind, a persecutor of Christians. The one that watched Stephen get martyred. He he literally watched him get killed and did nothing about it. For all we know, he might have been the leader, the ringleader of it. After his encounter with Jesus, Jesus then sends Ananias to to, to meet with Paul. Why? Because he had to be anointed. The Bible says that he laid his hands on him. And after he laid his hands, by the way, if you're in a place or in a church where there's no laying on of hands, I advise you to leave. It is a foundational doctrine. In other words, it's baby stuff. But we're supposed to do the baby stuff. Saved, baptized, doctrine of laying on hands. Simple stuff that we've decided not to do anymore. Impartation is foundational in Scripture. Are you with me? That's why as great as online church is, it's not the same as being in a building. You can receive certain, you can definitely receive impartation through the screen. There's no question. But let me tell you something. When the Spirit of God's in a place and hands are laid on you and the power of God hits you, oh man, I tell you what. Even Paul, the Bible says, worked unusual miracles because of the anointing that was on him, because that oil had been poured over him. Acts 19.11 says, now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick, and the diseases left them, and the evil spirits went out of them. I love this so much because I want you to see, I told you that the anointing is smearing and rubbing. Paul takes a handkerchief like this, and he does this. Everybody watch. Take it to them. Put it on them. And when it touched them, the power of God hit them. Because there was an anointing, there was a smearing, there was a rubbing that had taken place. Are you with me? Hallelujah. The Bible even tells us that when there is someone sick among you, bring him to the front of the church or wherever it is that the elders are, the leaders. James 5.14, is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Take that oil. Anoint them with that oil. Lay hands on them. Say to that spirit or sickness, you do not belong in this body. This body is now covered and sealed with the mark of the Holy Spirit. And as you stand in agreement, anything can happen. Come on, somebody. Anything can happen. If it happened then, it can happen now. Anything can happen. Hallelujah. The anointing is so important. The oil is so important in the life of a believer. 
Why? Because it anoints you with, for a purpose, for your destiny, for what God has planned for you. You need the anointing. In Scripture, we see the story of Saul, and I shared this with you already, briefly, that David was anointed in the place of Saul as the future king of Israel. What is so amazing is that God doesn't just wipe him out and say, okay, David, go. No, there's a lot of time that passes before Saul is removed from power. In fact, David learns a whole lot of lessons in the process. I want you to know on the, on the journey to destiny is this wonderful thing called process that we all love so much. I mean, David even had to act like a madman once just to survive. Persecuted, almost killed. Stayed true to God. Believed God, trusted God. Why? Because he was anointed and knew that the Lord would raise him up for whenever he was called to step forward. In the meantime, Saul had become disobedient to God. Saul had began, had begun to, to disobey God even more and more, and his heart begins to grow colder and colder, ultimately leading to the point or the time where he dies. I want to read something to you that is astounding to me. The Bible tells us how Saul is killed. Before we do that, let me read this to you. Let's go to Ephesians 6.16. Ephesians 6.16. Let's go there. This is where the Bible teaches us about the full armor of God. Watch this. Above all, taking the shield of faith. Why do you need a shield of faith? In your armor, the helmet of the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, the sword of the Spirit. But there is a shield of faith above all. In other words, it's the part that covers everything. It's the part that, you know, the shield of the Roman soldier was, the, was a large object that they would basically, when you, when you see them doing battle together, they would all come together and they would make like one shield. It would cover everything, above everything. It would protect them. From what? From fiery darts. From fiery darts of the wicked one. You must have your shield of faith in order to survive the attacks that will come in your walk as a Christian on your way to destiny. You must have it. You see, something happened to Saul. He began to put his faith and his trust in other things. And on the battlefield, on Mount Gilboa, the Bible says this in 1 Samuel 31 verse number 3, that the battle became fierce against Saul and the archers hit him. And he was severely wounded by the archers. And the Bible tells us that he dies on the battlefield. And it is fiery darts, it is arrows from the enemy that somehow it manages to pierce Saul. Watch this now. Let's go to 2 Samuel 1.21. This is so amazing. This is so amazing. This is David. And he's literally cursing Mount Gilboa. 
He says this, so mountains of Gilboa, let there be no dew nor rain upon you. I want you to know if you go to Mount Gilboa now, it is dry and there is nothing there to this day. Nothing grows there. He says, let there be no dew nor rain upon you, nor fields of offerings. For the shield of the mighty is cast away. The shield of Saul, watch this, not anointed with oil. He had a shield that was no longer anointed with oil and became brittle. And because his shield was brittle, those fiery darts were able to break his shield and kill him. As a Christian, you must have a shield of faith. But in the, in the old days, that shield would have to be literally taken with oil and rubbed with oil, smeared with oil to keep its, 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 its elasticity or whatever it is that basically prevents it from, be, from going brittle. There's no mistake in Scripture. The Bible wants you to understand that in order to walk out your faith, in order to fulfill your destiny and purpose, there is an oil that must rub against you that will prepare your faith and take you into destiny. So a good soldier takes his shield, takes the oil and rubs it with oil takes the, 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 the Holy Spirit, the presence of the Holy Spirit, rubs with the Holy Spirit, spends time with God, develops His relationship with God, and there's this rubbing and smearing. And then your shield of faith will be able to quench every fiery dart of the enemy. But if there's no oil on that faith of yours, if there's no smearing of the Holy Spirit, if there's no anointing, there is a risk that it will break. There is a risk that your faith will waver. Are you with me? Listen, that's really good stuff right there. I'm just saying, okay? I promise you, at some places in the world, we would already be having revival. I'm just saying, okay? And so now you're forcing me to go to the next part. And that's okay. I'm ready for it. <laughs> Are you guys okay? Are you getting something tonight? Amen? Your faith cannot become dry. The Bible tells us a story in Matthew 25. Jesus shares a parable. And we all know this parable so well. It's the parable of the ten virgins. Let me read it to you. Matthew 25, verse number one. Matthew 25, verse number one. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. We need to know why five are wise and five are foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps, now watch, and took 
no oil with them. But those, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. So there was a time that came with these, they were waiting for the, for the, for the bridegroom to come. And while they were waiting for the bridegroom to come, the Bible tells us that they rested. Why? Because they didn't know he was delayed. They didn't know why he wasn't coming or when he would come. But there were five of them that were wise. The five that were wise made sure that they had oil in their lamps. This lamp represents your life. As a believer, you must have oil in your lamp. The oil represents the Holy Spirit. If you think that you're going to survive without the help of the Holy Spirit in your walk with God, if you think that it's going to be okay to not have your faith, your shield of faith oiled and rubbed with the Holy Spirit, I want to tell you it is going to be difficult for you to be able to stand. The anointing is not something that we, I don't really think I need that. See, James says this, faith without works is dead. In other words, faith without fulfilling your purpose, moving into the destiny that God has for you, is a dead faith. He says, show me your faith. I'll show you my faith with my works. I'm not saying that salvation isn't without... Salvation is a gift that you get when you give your life to Jesus. I don't want to get into that. You should know that. Are you with me? But I want you to understand that survival is not what you are called to do. You are called to take dominion. You are called to fulfill destiny and purpose. You are called to be successful. You are called to prosper, to be blessed, to have favor. You are called to, come on, are you with me guys? Amen. You can sit down. Thank you so much. God bless you. You guys are so awesome. <laughs> Amen. God is doing something in Vero Beach. Come on. God is doing something in Vero Beach. Man, I, I saw this 10 years ago when I was praying in my room. I saw this. When there were six people in the building, literally six people. Now look and see what the Lord has done. Something is happening in Vero Beach. Something is happening in your life. Hallelujah. Oh, but it's not by might. It's not by power. It's by His Spirit. Oh, come on, somebody give the Lord a shout and a clap in this place. It's not by might. It's not by power, but it's by His Spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. Sit down. Sit down. It's about to break out, guys. Oh, nobody can stop it now. Something is happening. It's not just happening here. It's happening all over. God is about to move on this earth. 
let me tell you. Oh, yes, Lord. Did you not say that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh? Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody stand up this evening and begin to prophesy. Begin to prophesy to your children. Begin to prophesy to your marriage. Begin to prophesy to your business. Hallelujah. How can you say that, Pastor Alex? I believe God. I believe He loves me. I believe His hand is upon me. I can prophesy to my business. It may look like dry bones, but if He says there's life, there's life. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. All right, all right, sit down, sit down. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Okay. I got to get back. Okay. I just want to go now. Verse number five. While the bride, but while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. They all know what to do. And the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out. Listen, there will come a day where your pastor can't give you anything. Your wife can't do anything more for you. She can't give you any more oil. It's your it has to be your desire. It has to be what you go after. Everything has been done for you. Jesus has done it all. He has even sent His Spirit to anoint you. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me. He has anointed you. But do you desire to rub and to smear with Him? Do you desire to spend time with Him? Do you even desire to know Him? Because there are many. Well, you know, this Holy Spirit stuff, I just, you must understand the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God. Don't reject Him. He is God's Spirit. And He's the part that's here right now. But one of the things He's yet to do is to anoint you. Because there are things that you must do. There are things that only you can do. And God wants to use you. But you need the anointing. Well, I don't really need the anointing. Well, then, you know, I mean, imagine if Jesus didn't have the anointing. Imagine if he said, I don't really need that, you know. You know, I'd rather just be a theologian. You know, let's just exegize the text. And I love the word. And I love to exegize the text too. Okay, don't get me wrong. But if nothing is changing, if nothing is happening, 
if my child is still in the same place he was a year ago, if my family isn't being transformed, if the captive isn't being set free, if the blind's eyes aren't beginning to open, if, the, if, 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 if people's aren't beginning to get healed, if nothing's happening in your life, then what is it all for? The anointing is necessary. Oh, it's so necessary. The oil is so necessary in the life of a believer. I'm almost done. <laughs> Verse number eight. The foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered saying, no, lest there should not be enough for us and you. But go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding. And the door was shut. And afterwards, the other virgins also came saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore. For you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Every single believer is called to have the anointing. Every single believer is called to fill their lamp with oil. To be in relationship with God. Don't miss your hour of visitation. God is wanting to encounter so many people for this hour because revival starts in the house of the Lord, guys. Tomorrow morning, I'll be teaching on the expression of fire. And I'll show you why the fire is so important in Scripture. You and I are called to walk with the Holy Spirit. In fact, the Bible says that those who walk in the Spirit, they are the sons of God. Those who are led by the Spirit are the sons of God. It speaks of a maturity when you allow the Holy Spirit to begin to lead you, when you become conscious of Him. You can call him God, that's fine, it's the same thing. Just different expression of who he is. But we need that oil. We need the anointing. There are too many Christians walking around bound by the devil. Bound in oppression. Suffering from all kinds of different things. And the only thing that will set you free is the anointing of Jesus Christ. Which is his Holy Spirit. Amen. Ephesians 5.18 says this. And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. As a believer, in order to keep that lamp filled, it is not something that happens once. Yes, once you can have the anointing come upon you, the Holy Spirit comes upon you. 
But in order to keep that lamp filled, you must go to him again. In scripture, the Bible teaches us, I believe it's in Acts chapter number eight, it's somewhere in that neighborhood, <laughs> okay? That the Bible tells us that they went back into the upper room and they began to pray because they were being persecuted. This is the disciples who had already received the Holy Spirit, who already had the Holy Spirit come upon them on the day of Pentecost. Now they're going up into the room again and they begin to pray and they cry out to God. And they ask Him to do miracles and they ask Him to move powerfully. And the Bible says that when they did this, that they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. What was happening? Their oil was increasing. Their capacity was increasing. You and I are called to be anointed. Can you say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads for just a moment. If you've come here this evening and you've heard this word tonight and the Holy Spirit is pulling on your heart, but you know that your life is not right with God, that you have never really made Jesus the Lord of your life, listen. That's the first step, is to give your life to Jesus, to surrender your heart to Him, and to make Him Lord of your life. I'm not talking about just some little raising your hand type of thing. I'm saying that you've made a decision, a serious decision to make Jesus the Lord of your life. If you are, this, if you are here this morning and you say, Pastor Alex, I know that the Lord is pulling at my heart, and this morning I want, or this evening I want to give my heart to Him. Wherever you are, just quickly slip your hand up so I can pray for you. God bless 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 you. I see your hands in the back there. God bless you. I see your hand. Thank you, ma'am. God bless you. Anybody else say, Pastor Alex, tonight I need to give my life to Jesus. Quickly slip your hand up and I'll pray for you. God bless you, sir. Thank you. God bless you. If you've come here this evening and you say, Pastor Alex, I used to serve the Lord, but tonight as you spoke about the Holy Spirit, about the oil of the Spirit, I can feel that I'm not really serving the Lord, that I've gone dry. I've become like those virgins with, with, without the oil. My life is just completely, I'm, I'm backslidden. I just, I'm not really serving the Lord anymore. But tonight I want to make right with Jesus. I want to include you in that prayer. Quickly slip your hand, off if, hand up if that's you. I see the hands going up everywhere. God bless you. So many hands. God bless you. God bless you in the back. Thank you so much. You can put your hands down. Can I ask, if you raised your hand, don't be afraid. Don't stay in your seat. Come quickly to the front. Quickly, come. Quickly, come. So many of you, God bless you. Come quickly. Come quickly. Come quickly. There were so many hands. Don't stay in your seat. Come, come, come. Come on, let's give the Lord a big clap. Amen. So many of you. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen. If you raised your hand, 
If you're still making your way, we can wait for you. There's still many coming. Amen. Thank you, guys. Praise the Lord. Amen. God is so good. This is so precious. Amen. 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 I'd like to ask my leaders, if you could please come and just stand behind them for just a moment. Don't worry, that's just somebody that loves you, that's just going to be right behind you. I'm going to come down and I just want to minister to you real quick. But we're going to pray a prayer together this, this evening. I keep wanting to say morning. But if you've come here to the front, that you have decided tonight that you are going to make the Lord Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, that you have given your heart to Him tonight, and that you're going to begin to run that race that God has called you to. I'm so excited for you. I want you to know the Bible speaks about how the angels will celebrate this evening. And there are people standing in the front here that you've come back to God. I want you to know the Lord has been waiting for you because it's time to get back to the things He has for you. Let's all pray this together. Church, let's all pray. Those of you in the front, pray this with your whole heart this evening. Let's all pray. Say, Father, I come to you tonight. I believe, Lord. Jesus died, rose again, is the Son of God. Forgive me for my sins. Wash me in your blood. Tonight, I give my heart to you, Lord. And I make you Lord of my life. Come and fill me, Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus. You can see there's that wonderful, good-looking pastor over there with his, with his, 
with his beautiful jacket on, the same color that I'm wearing. He wants to just meet with you. The people behind you want to greet you. We want to welcome you into the kingdom of God. We want to encourage you. If you'll just follow him out, just take a few minutes and we'll get you back in the sanctuary. God bless you guys. Come on, church. Let's give them a big clap. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Amen. See, what we don't realize, that's the greatest miracle right there. Take a seat for just a moment. I want to tell you something. You know, sometimes you'll see a person go up that maybe you know. I want you to know that there's a story in the Bible that was especially put there so that you would know the Father's heart towards someone that makes a decision to come back to God. The story of the prodigal son is a picture of a, of a person that is a covenant person that loses their way. And when they come back to the Father, the Bible says that He runs out to meet them. He runs out to meet them. Why? Because He loves them so much. And when the son says to the father, you know, I'm not worthy to be called your son. The father says to him, says to his servants, bring the, bring the robe, bring a ring and put it on his finger. Bring sandals and put them on his feet and kill the best calf because my son is alive again. Amen. So whenever you see someone go up after a call like this, give all praise and glory to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords for the miracle of restoration. Amen. Such a powerful thing. Amen. Now, this is what I'm going to do. On Monday night, I'm going to have an anointing service where I will anoint and pray for every person in the building. So that night, no matter who you are or where you come from, you will be prayed for. Is that okay? So don't miss Monday night. Don't worry, I'm not done yet, okay, tonight. So just relax, okay? Some of you are like, oh, no, I thought we could go home and maybe watch that last bit of the football, you know. Sorry to disappoint you. And then there's the others that are like, yes, yes. More oil for me. More oil for me. Just a little bit more rubbing. Just a little bit more smearing. Just a little bit more for me. Hallelujah. 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 Okay, I'm going to do a call. Please, this is very specific. Okay, I want you to hear me out, okay? If you are here this evening and you feel like you have no oil in your lamp and you need that oil, the anointing, the Spirit to come and fill you tonight, 
like that scripture says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Please, this is what I'm praying for. Don't, and I'm going to do a call. And if you come, come. Don't come 20 minutes later because you see God moving. Okay? I will not pray for you. Okay, I'll probably pray for you because I really do love you guys. It's terrible. I don't know why. <laughs> see, I see other guys do that and it works. I just can't do it. You know what I mean? I'm just, you know, okay. I'd really like it if you all came in the beginning. Is that okay? The reason why is I want you to respond to the call. Okay? If, you, if that's you and you know it's you, I want you to come. But listen, I want you to come seriously before God. Please don't come and look around and talk and joke. And if you're coming and you, because you are serious about being filled with the Holy Spirit, about being anointed by the Holy Spirit, then come to the front quickly. Come, don't wait. Come quickly. It's all right. It's a lot of people. It's wonderful. I want you to know, sir, you and your family, the hand of the Lord is upon you. You and your house will serve the Lord all the days of your life. The hand of God rests upon you. And listen to me, you really are a true man of God. And, we, and you are a true woman of the Lord. And you have said to God, Lord, all we desire is truth. We want truth. We just want to serve you with all of our hearts. And I want you to know that even, even that, that you have already done, the, the tears that you are crying, these are real tears. These are real, genuine tears. And I want you to know that there is even a book in heaven that captures every one of these tears, sir. I want you to know that God will restore everything that has been lost. But know this, that every bit of sacrifice, you have even said to your family, it will be worth it. Watch, the Lord will restore. The Lord will give us back. God is going to bless you. He's going to bless your house. This is the comeback. This is the moment that it all begins to change for you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Don't worry, young man. It's okay. <laughs> okay. Lord, I pray tonight that you anoint this family with the oil of gladness, with the oil of your Holy Spirit, Lord, like never before. Lord, let this family stay close like they are, God, all the days of their life. Lord, I pray that the divine order, your divine order will be modeled in this family and they will model it to so many others. They will share the goodness of God in their lives. Lord, I pray that, the, that, the hand, that your hand will be on them and remain on them all the days of their life. No fiery darts, no wicked fiery darts of the enemy will be able to achieve what it has been sent out to do. For there is a hedge of protection even now going around you. Know this, that you will be paid back, that you will, you will be restored 100% in Jesus' mighty name. There is blessing and there is favor and you made the right decision. You made the right decision, says the Lord. Come on, give the Lord a clap. Come on, somebody give the Lord a shout. Sir, you made the right choice. You made the right choice. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, yes. The Spirit of the Lord 
is upon me. Come on, He's upon you. The Spirit of the Lord. Come on, say it. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me. He has anointed you. Come on. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. I'm going to need my pastors to come. You're going to have to help me. Come. I need my pastors, all my pastors that are here. Come. I want you to pray for the people, okay? Catchers, I need you to be on the, on, ready to go. Let's pray, okay? You pray. I'm going to pray one prayer over you, and then they're going to lay hands. We're going to lay hands on you. We're not going to spend time this evening. We're going to do an anointing service on Monday, but we're going to pray that the Holy Spirit fill you up tonight, that He refresh you, refuel you, that, to, that tonight in this place, that you will be rekindled, that you will be filled once again, that the anointing for destiny and purpose will be your portion, that the Holy Spirit will come upon you tonight the way He did in the book of Acts on those disciples in the mighty name of Jesus. Now, now, where's my wife? Come. Stretch your hands out towards them, everybody. Stretch your hands out. The power of God is very strong. Very strong now. Now, now, there's the power of God. Just receive it, gently. Right now, right now, right now, right now. Just be filled. Be filled. There he is.
not because I want to, you know, I want to interrupt you, but if I can ask you, if you can slowly make your way back to your seat so that we can see who hasn't been prayed for so we can minister to them. The Holy Spirit is moving. Guys, God is moving so powerfully. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a big clap. Guys, keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Thank you guys so much. I know it's so nice to just stay in the presence of the Lord when you've been ministered to. But don't worry, there's still three more days or two more days. Three more sessions. Amen. Can we give the Lord a big clap, amen? Amen. We're going we're gonna to close with a, a, a song, amen? You know, one night we were here on a Saturday night. I'd really try, advise you to come on Saturday nights. They're really good, you know? Um, I can't even remember what the, what the message was. But this song came out that night. And the presence of God filled this place. Listen, whenever there's an opportunity to encounter the presence of God, the person of the Holy Spirit, the presence of God, you should always like be the first to run. Amen? Now, we're gonna, we're gonna, you can stay seated, you can stand. I'm so amazed. I don't think anybody's left. It's incredible. You guys are hungry. I want you to know, because of you, God is going to move. Because of your hearts, because of your desire, 
Men, men, did you think this was possible? My God. Come, let's just sing this to him. You see, when you encounter him, you can never be the same. You can never be the same. Let's sing that. Come right there where you are. Just raise your hands to heaven if you can. Raise your hearts to him. being afflicted, inflicted by, by bad dreams or fear, just raise your hands right there where you are. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and set you free. Oppression and fear must go now in Jesus' name. Right now, in the name of Jesus. One touch, God. One touch, Holy Spirit, right now to any person in this place that suffers with fear. I release the anointing to break that yoke now in Jesus' name. Right now, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. No more, no more sleepless nights. No more fear in the night watches. I rebuke fear now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus right now. And I thank you for it, Father. And how can we be the same God? Your love, there is nothing like it, Lord. And tonight in this place, we stand in awe. We stand in awe of you. And what you have done already so far this evening, God, we are so grateful. And I pray, God, that not one person will leave here tonight unchanged. Let their hearts be stirred by your word, by your spirit, Father. Let us never be the same, God, because of your grace and your mercy your love, but most of all, because of your spirit. You are what we desire, Father, with all of our hearts. Lord, let revival start in our hearts and spread to the four corners of this globe with people that desire you with all of their hearts. 
Let this be the beginning, Father, of something unbelievable. It's only just begun this evening. But we give you all of the glory, all of the honor, and all of the praise in the mighty name of Jesus. Now I pray that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that the love of the Father, and the fellowship with the Holy Spirit be with each and every one of you as you go your way. Go in His peace and the joy of the Lord be your strength. Come back tomorrow as we go on with the conference. In Jesus' name, God bless you. God bless you. We love you. Have a wonderful night. Thank you guys so much. Amen.